In this episode of the Keto Camp Podcast, we discuss keto flexing, aka carb cycling, how to break through a keto weight loss stall, and so much more with Lesha. I think the miscommunication is the difference between a ketogenic diet and nutritional ketosis. Sure, nutritional ketosis is all or nothing. You're either in nutritional ketosis or not, but you don't have to be in it 100% to be healthy and to get results. The keto diet is just a way of eating that supports ketosis for most people. But we mix those two together and it causes this all or nothing. That is just a mindset shift that has to be changed. We have access to ancient healing strategies such as ketosis, fasting, and carnivore. And on the Keto Camp Podcast, we are determined to deliver the science to you. We bring in the thought leaders in this space to have extraordinary conversations so you could apply it and change your life. Your body was built to thrive. Your body is capable of healing as long as you identify the interference and remove it. I believe you are a masterpiece because you are a piece of the master. My name is Ben Azadi. I'm the best-selling author of Keto Flex, and I want to thank you for spending part of your day with me. Hey, Keto Camper. So excited to have you today. Hope you're having a phenomenal day. Today, I have my friend, Lesha Hosefell, and she's doing great work educating people on how to do keto the right way. She's got a great story, and she's also the host of the Fit Mom Squad podcast. I was grateful to be a guest on that show. She's going to share her backstory of struggling with her weight, her health. She shed over 110 pounds with the keto lifestyle, but then results kind of slowed down, and she figured out, well, maybe I need to do this the clean way, the clean keto way because there's a difference which she will break down between inflammatory keto foods and anti-inflammatory keto foods. We'll talk about dairy, fats, the right protein, why investing in your health is just that, an investment, not an expense. We'll talk about the benefits of intermittent fasting based off of your needs and how she teaches it to her clients and um, some of the drawbacks to doing too much fasting, especially if you struggle with adrenal issues. We'll talk about carb cycling. I call it keto flexing. She calls it carb cycling. But what a great way to customize keto for men and women for long-term results. We'll talk about the benefits of healthy carbs to decrease cortisol, increase serotonin, and make other hormonal conversions like progesterone, estrogen, and also T4 thyroid to T3. We're going to discuss Long-term ketosis. Should we actually be in ketosis forever or do carnivore forever? Or should we vary things up? Well, if you've been following my work, you know where I stand. Let's see where Lesha stands on today's conversation. I also asked her the question, what are the best ways to break a keto weight loss stall? And she's going to break that down for you and so much more. So I cannot wait to bring her on. This is a great conversation. You are going to love her and we'll drop her information in the notes down below as well. Before I do, 
I want to take a minute to get to the Apple podcast rating and review of the day from Shatzam, titled Brilliant and Informative. I found Ben slash Keto Camp about three months into my keto journey. I love his style of information. Always interesting, always engaging. I actually have a folder in my photo gallery of screenshots from Ben's writings. He offers so much information regarding nutrition and how the body really works. I refer to his teachings as a great source of enlightenment and clarity on many subjects related to health and well-being. You are awesome. I love your commitment. Congrats. So grateful you are learning from me and my guest on how the body really works. That's very, very important to understand. So kudos to you. Bravo. I love that you have that folder. Awesome. If you have not left the Keto Cam Podcast a rating or a review yet on whatever platform you're listening from, please take a minute right now to do so. It really helps the show grow and helps us essentially change more lives. Today, we have our Detox and Toxicity Masterclass. Hopefully, you're hearing this on time, but we will have a 24-hour replay available. So if you haven't signed up for that, I'm going to deep dive into how toxins disrupt cellular health, create weight loss resistance, and what to do about it. This is the first time I'm doing a webinar like this, and I know it's going to be life-changing for you. So head over to toxinsmasterclass.com, register for it. We start at 12 p.m. Eastern time today, January 27th. But like I said, we'll have a short time replay available for you, toxinsmasterclass.com. Okay, let's discuss keto with Lesha. Lesha is the CEO and founder of BSB Tribe and Eat, Be, Fit, Explore. She's also the host of the Fit Mom Squad podcast. Her mission is to share keto holistically and help women feel more confident. I love that. As a teen, she struggled with her weight and her health, and this led her to pursuing a major in college as a dietitian. But in the end, you're going to hear she was disappointed because of what she was taught and what she had to do to unlearn and then relearn, and now she's changing so many lives. So without further ado, here's Lesha. I was on your podcast recently, and we had a great conversation. We've, we've also been communicating on social media. Clubhouse, when Clubhouse was a thing, I'm not there <laughs> on there as much, but of Instagram and TikTok, and uh, I've been following your work. And uh, there's a lot of things that I teach that's very similar, and I love it because we're both a fan of keto, and we both understand that it's one tool and you have to apply it uniquely. So you teach carb cycling, we'll get into that. And you understand women's health, hormone health. So I love that. And I can't wait to get into that with you. But you have a, an amazing story, uh, an insp- inspiring story. You've lost a ton of weight with keto. I'd love for you to go back and share your journey with my audience. Yeah, so my journey kind of started, you know, I always struggled with my weight in my teens. Um, I grew up in a culture, Eastern European culture, where it was very important for women to look a certain way. And I remember, you know, it was like the old saying was, you know, men don't like big girls, so we got to get you married. So you got to be careful with your weight. So I always had this fear of weight. So I was always dieting, started in my teen years. And I remember when I went to college, I was trying to decide what major to go into. And I thought, you know what, if I become a dietitian, and I finally learn about how weight loss works, then I can crack this code, and I can lose weight and keep it off. So I went to school to be a dietitian, and I was severely disappointed. I graduated, and I was more confused 
after than before with this four-year degree. And all of a sudden, I'm supposed to be a nutritionist. And I just didn't agree with most of what I was taught. So I ended up going a different path in my career, but I still kept up studying on nutrition. And I went down the rabbit hole of like Dr. McCullough at that time with like coconut oil and all these things. But I couldn't lose weight no matter what I was doing. So I was doing the calories in, calories out thing. I used to be a runner, ran marathons, ran like five miles a day every day, could not lose weight. I was just always like white knuckling and dieting. And so then 2015, I had had my first baby and I had gained 50 pounds And I tried to go the traditional route with calories in and eating like 1200 calories, going back to running all the things that I knew, you know, low fat, and my weight would just not come off. And I at that time, I had a friend that was dabbling in keto, and she got great results. And I was so desperate, even though I remember yelling at her, telling her that she's going to die of a heart attack and all that fat is so bad for you. How can you eat that? I remember she used to like roll like cheese with deli. Like she'd be like what we call dirty keto nowadays, but she lost weight and looked great and had energy. So I was so desperate. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. What do I need to do? I did it, lost all my baby weight, felt great. I was like, oh my God, I found the golden ticket. So I was doing keto. And then like most women, most people, I considered it, I did it as a diet, not a lifestyle. And I slowly set back into my old habits because I did not change my brain. I did not change my thinking. All I did was change my eating. And I slipped back into my old habits, got pregnant again in 2017, 2016, gained 60 pounds and could not do keto while I was pregnant at all. I came back home from the hospital, Ben. So I went into the hospital weighing 200 pounds. And guess how much I weighed when I got back home from the hospital? 190 pounds. 200 pounds. (laughs) Oh, gosh. I was like, what kind of blasphemy is this? I just had a baby. She's like eight pounds. And I was so inflamed from like all the crap that I was eating, all the refined carbs and sugar throughout pregnancy and just my bad brain habits that I did not lose any weight. It took like weeks for my body to release that inflammation. But I knew at that moment, I remember just sitting in my bathroom crying. I knew at that moment, I'm going back to keto and figuring out how to make it a lifestyle. So I did. I started doing clean keto, started incorporating intermittent fasting, focused on protein. I did more of like, I stopped running so much and did like more weight training and things like that. And I dropped like 60 pounds in a matter of eight months doing this clean keto way of eating. And I'm like, okay, I'm onto something. Started sharing my journey on Instagram, got food blog programs. So what I really discovered in this like six year span was that keto was great, not forever, but you have to approach it in a holistic way which is now kind of my mission of sharing keto in this holistic way instead of this fad diet that most people see it as. That's an amazing story. Um, and, and it's so relatable to a lot of people who maybe have done keto in the past. We'll call it dirty keto with with keto-friendly foods that are not really health-friendly. And that's that's a good way to get started. You know, If you're going to make a transition, standard American, that's okay. But eventually you get to a point where, all right, how do I actually look at this as a lifestyle? and find ways to reduce inflammation. And with your story, and for so many, once they accomplish that, 
then the results actually really accelerate and they can they keep coming. But you said you said something that was really interesting and I totally agree. You changed your diet, but you didn't change your thoughts. You didn't change your mindset. Please elaborate why it's important to change both. Yeah. So what usually happens with with the women I work with and, and a lot of us is like we go on a diet and we see it as this temporary thing. Like here's like a red flag for me. When I get someone into my program and I ask them like, what are your goals? How long are you willing to commit to this? Or what are your thoughts about this? What do you want? And they're like, I will do it. I will try it. We were just talking about trying it. I'll try it for 30 days or I'm going to give this 90 days. And when I lose my weight, then I'll go back to my normal eating. So a lot of us, that's how I was thinking. I was thinking this is a temporary thing that I'm just doing to get back to like my pre-pregnancy clothes or whatever, or for a trip or for a wedding. But then after I lose the weight, I can relax. Oh, I can go back to normal, you know, normal standard American diet. And that is a diet mentality. That is a diet mindset. And of course, yes, you know, the term diet, some people don't like to use it. It's just a way of eating, right? That's the definition of diet. We're all on a diet. It's a way of eating. So I use those interchangeably. But I think it's important to note that until you establish how do I want to live? How can I eat in a way that not only supports my weight loss goals and my health goals, but supports my lifestyle long term? So that's the part of it. And then a lot of it also is like the other half is this all or nothing mentality, which I find with keto is very difficult to break, to be honest. I don't know, Ben, if you found this experience with your clients and myself, first of all, I thought like if I was not 100% keto, then I was 100% carb binges, right? So it was like all or nothing. Oh, I'm out of ketosis. Might as well order the pizza. Oh, like one little slip up, right? Or I went over five grams, might as well eat 200. And it's this all or nothing. And while yes, I think the miscommunication is the difference between a ketogenic diet and nutritional ketosis. Sure, nutritional ketosis is all or nothing. You're either in nutritional ketosis or not, but you don't have to be in it 100% to be healthy and to get results. The keto diet is just a way of eating that supports ketosis for most people. But we mix those two together and it causes this all or nothing. That is just a mindset shift that has to be changed. Well said. You know, I totally see that all the time where somebody might be doing well for two or three weeks. Let's say they're in ketosis for two or three weeks and then they have a meal. Let's call it a meal where they eat maybe a pizza and they're like, oh, well, that knocked me out of ketosis. I'm just going to eat another pizza and some ice cream and I'll continue doing it. And some donuts. Monday. And the bag of chips. Yeah. And, <laughs> chips, yeah. and, then, and then on Monday, I'll get back to my routine. And they have shame and guilt around that too. So what kind of coaching do you give people, your, your women that you teach, who have so much shame and guilt over a, a party they went to or a wedding they went to, and they ate all of this food that was not in line with their new goals, and they're so guilty about it, they're beating themselves up. What, what do you, how do you coach them? Yeah, so my number one tip for this is I help my clients reframe their mindsets to think of having one bad meal or ruining one meal doesn't mean they have to ruin the entire day or the entire weekend. And I also have them experiment between try it out, right? One weekend, have one bad meal. And then the rest, just go right back on track. And then look at your stats, look at your weight, look at your inflammation, your puffiness, your body fat, all the stats. Then the next weekend, have a bad meal and then go off the rails the entire weekend. 
and see the difference and then see how how long is it going to take you to get to your goal if you do the latter every single weekend. So getting them, training them into this, you have to train your brain essentially where, okay, I had a bad meal, so I have two options. I could say like F it and eat all the things, feel even more like crap later, regret all of this stuff that I ate. Or I can say, I am human. I make mistakes. It was a slip up. It's okay. I'm getting right back on track my next meal. I don't care if I got kicked out of ketosis. It is what it is. My body, if it's getting fat adapted, it's going to sooner, you know, as soon as I keep consistent with this, it's going to jump back much quicker. And you have to almost talk to yourself and pause because your brain will automatically go there. You've already cheated. Start eating all the things. You got to like talk to your brain back. Like the problem is that we believe everything we think. That's the number one problem. And we don't have to, you know, so kind of, Let's see the other side of that equation. Let's do equal airtime. What is the other side of your brain think? The logical. I call it the smart girl brain, right? What does she have to say? And she always says, it's one meal. You messed up. This is not all or nothing. You're not a perfect human. Let's pick up the next meal. It's great advice. It's the difference between seeing things as in the way versus on the way, right? It's all part of the journey. The success in all areas of life is is never a straight line. It's always kind of wiggling around, wiggling around, but you're continuously going upwards. And there was a, a book that I read a few years ago from an author named Price Pritchard. The name of the book is called You Square. And it's a very small mm-hmm. book. It's a great book about expanding the way you think. Have you read that Such book? Such a great book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have. And mm-hmm. the number one, one of the things that stood out in that book is he said rockets fail their way to the moon, right? So they launch, they get started with the goal, and then they go off track. So they fail essentially, but then they course correct, course correct, course correct, and eventually they get to the moon, right? That's the same thing with us. It's like course correct, course correct. And the better you can get at course correcting to Lesha's point here, the the faster you're going to get to your results. So instead of allowing yourself to go off track for three days, you might go off track for one meal, for one hour, and then you course correct and go back on course. And it's understanding that everything is on the way, not in the way. Success is never a straight line. It really helps you understand when you're in that moment that you didn't mess up. You're not a failure. No, no human being is a failure. You only f- perceive it as failure if you quit and give up. But as long as you just course correct and keep going forward, failure would never exist. I think that word is being used in ways that is not even really accurate. I believe it won't even exist as long as you never quit. I totally agree 100%. I say that all the time. Like The only way you can fail is if you give up. That's it. As long as you keep going, you get back up. Doesn't matter how many mistakes, because you learn, right? All those mistakes, you learn a little bit about yourself. Okay, why is it that I gave into that pizza, but those donuts have been sitting there? Oh, because they were stale and I didn't care for them. What was it about the pizza? What can I do differently next time? How can I make it, you know, like you learn and then you kind of, like you said, course correct and move on. This episode is going to be released during the new year. So I think it'll be a good idea for us to kind of unpack what we perceive and teach as a clean way to do keto as a lifestyle versus looking at keto as a diet and eating dirty keto foods. Because there's going to be a lot of new people as the new year comes around that start listening to podcasts. And maybe this is you listening or watching or maybe... This is just something you need to hear over and over and over to really get it. So could you really just outline what you would perceive or what you would coach your clients on what's dirty keto foods versus clean keto foods? Yeah, so when I'm thinking about dirty keto versus clean keto, 
the way that really helped me not only lose weight, but reduce my inflammation, have energy and feel the best is that when I focus on eating whole real foods and I completely stopped eating all of the keto foods that were like pretty much anything with a label that says keto. I stopped eating the processed food, the packaged food that was keto. I limited. So dairy, like the only dairy I would do is like raw or grass fed dairy. And that's very minimal because most dairy, I feel like it's like this rite of passage. Everybody thinks to make a keto recipe, you have to dump a pound of cheese on it. And I was like, no, you don't. So that's like a minimizing dairy. Also watching the fats. I think we, and you talk about this a lot. There's a difference between good fat and bad fat. And what I find is that when, you know, women start keto, they're like, oh, I could eat just eat all the fat I want. And they don't even look at the quality of fat. So seed oils, vegetable oils, all those processed oils, all of those cause damage to ourselves, avoiding them on all costs because they also cause inflammation in our bodies. And what I found was now, if I even have something that I accidentally, you know, did not read the label or somebody made something and then I'm like, what was that? And I look at the label, like my body already feels inflammation. (laughs) If I eat like canola oil or soybean oil, any of that stuff. So reducing all of that, focusing on high quality protein, non-starchy vegetables, you know, if you can do organic, great, do the best you can, you know, try to do the grass-fed beef and pasture the best you can, right? Pasture, eggs, all those things and good quality fats, avocado oil, coconut oil, ghee, butter is fine. If it's grass-fed, I usually can tolerate, it depends on you, but focusing on those things and then the berries. So pretty much anything that's real and spoils, right? That's what you focus on. And a lot of times people are like, oh, well, that's so hard because it's not convenient. And I'm like, yeah, that's just because you have not made it a priority to figure out how do I go into my week having these foods ready to support my goals. And so if this is a priority for you, you will make time a few hours in your week to meal prep this real food right? Because that's like the hardest thing I feel like is the convenience factor of just grabbing the packaged food. But what I found was that especially, you know, a few years ago, when my Instagram page started growing, all these brands started reaching out and wanting to send me their keto junk foods for, you know, a shout out. And I was like, desperate that like, Oh, yeah, I'll give you a shout out for free keto protein bars. And I found myself like gaining 15 pounds in a month. Can you not? from just eating, not I'm not even joking, eating all the packaged food that I got that was keto. And so now I always I tell my clients, if you go to the store, the the true keto foods will not be marketed as keto foods, you don't see a keto label on broccoli on steak, you know, you don't you don't see that it's always the things that are not really keto. If there's a big flashy red label on it, I bet you if you just turn it around and read the ingredients, not so much the macros. And I think this is another issue. people just look at the macros like, oh, it's, it's keto approved. They don't read the ingredients. But the ingredients have like wheat, and like, you know, cornstarch and all these things like that's not truly ketogenic. It's not going to support your body. I would say that the foods that are trying to be marketed the most are the least keto. So that to me is is clean keto, just focusing on whole real foods. Like it's really not that hard just to eat real food. I love it. It's a, it's a paradigm shift to keto companies or, or, or products that have that keto stamp that says keto approved or keto friendly. They're all out there, but it's like a paradigm shift because now we see that and we actually look at that as something we should probably not eat because 
It has artificial ingredients, maybe some seed oils. Now, to be fair, there are some companies that make keto foods the right way and products and they're, but that's not the majority. But they don't really market. Do you like Primal Kitchen? Okay. Like they don't go out of their way to put like big flashy red. I don't know if you notice, like I just don't that they're just like big flashy. This is keto. It's usually the big obnoxious marketing that's just like, oh, but is it? Probably not. Yeah. So that could, so if you see that big flashy marketing of keto and you see that stamp uh, that says keto on the product, it's probably a red flag (laughs) that maybe you shouldn't buy this product. And if you know nothing else, go at least turn it around and read the ingredients. It's the best thing you can do. And if it has any of the ingredients that Lesha mentioned, the vegetable oils, the seed oils, so canola, corn, cottonseed, soybean, sunflower, safflower, rice bran, and grapeseed, if it has any of those oils, it's a no-go. Those oils stick around in your body for 600... The half-life is 600 to 680 days. That The half-life, that's two years. Not good. And then you have artificial sweeteners like sucralose and aspartame. Not good. So we got to make sure we read the ingredients. And when you're buying broccoli, like you said, if you're buying red meat, if you're buying eggs, there's no label required. It doesn't say keto-friendly because it just naturally is. that You, you get what you see. You get the red meat and there's no label because you're just you see what you get. Same thing with eggs. So that's going to be your best bet. And like you said, it's not convenient. But I would argue that being unhealthy and inflamed and tired all the time and having brain fog and complaining and having to take a nap, that's not convenient either. You, you want to choose exactly. your Exactly. I would choose right. the discomfort now and choose your pain because you'd be forced into pain later on. Absolutely. It's like you spend time now meal prepping, taking care of your body, or you spend time later going to the doctors, right? Dealing with all the diseases that we get now. And then how much time is that going to take, right? Like that's something that I tell my clients too, is like I compare it to like having kidney failure and having to do dialysis. So when, <laughs> and it's like a harsh comparison, but I, I just like have to get it in their brains when they're like, I don't have time to meal prep. I'm like, let's compare meal prepping to sitting in dialysis. How many times a week? How many hours? Like what, two, three? So like, think about it in that way. And they're like, it's like a big, oh my God, you're right. Right. So like you, we don't think about, like we think about instant gratification and that's kind of how our brain is. But sometimes it's like propel yourself to your future self. And what would happen if you don't do the things that you need to do now to stay healthy? What's going to happen in the future? I love that you make that example of dialysis versus meal prepping because 60%, at least 60% of Americans are diabetic or pre-diabetic. And what happens when you're diabetic, you are going to have kidney failure. Uh, Your kidneys are going to get taxed out and you probably will go on dialysis and millions of people go on dialysis. And it's likely in your future, maybe not tomorrow, maybe not next year, but if you continue on that path, it's a high probability. The challenge is that when somebody has a donut, when somebody has pizza and ice cream, there's not that immediate pain associated with it. There, maybe there's some pain because you don't feel good, but you want to attach... Tony Robbins taught me this. You want to attach severe pain to what your future would look like if you continue down that path. So making that comparison of you sitting in the hospital on dialysis versus you just taking some time to meal prep and reading some ingredients... It's a great way to see a different future and to choose the path that you want to actually go down yourself. Yeah. And I say that like not to scare them, but again, to make them think about it long term because most people don't. And so I feel like it needs to be that harsh reminder because it it is possible. And just they, they kind of see, okay, wow, this is really, truly important. It's like your sign behind you, for those who are listening and don't see on YouTube, health is wealth is the sign behind you. 
It is true. Uh, there's no greater asset than the body that you live in, your health. You could take somebody who's a multi, multi millionaire, let's say somebody who's worth $50 million. And I'm not against uh, being a millionaire, that's fantastic. But let's say this person is obese, diabetic, and has just been diagnosed with cancer because they're not healthy. They would trade every single cent in their bank account, all $50 million with somebody who's broken healthy. They would, they would change lives in a second without thinking about it because your health is your wealth. What's good is having all that money without your health to actually enjoy it because health is wealth. Hey, when was the last time you bit into a juicy burger or a perfectly cooked steak and thought to yourself, this is the best thing I've ever tasted? If it's been a while, it's probably because most meat products are conventionally raised, which not only affects the flavor profile, but significantly diminishes the beneficial nutrients and minerals. And believe it or not, even products that are labeled as grass-fed or ethically raised to make you think they're high quality are often finished on grain or in factory farms, which is why I am so excited to share something with you today that will not only help you avoid the hormones, antibiotics, and pesticide residues that diminish the taste of conventionally raised meat, but could also save you nearly $1,000 over the next year on your grocery bill. And the best part? This may be the best tasting thing you've had in a long time. So what the heck am I talking about? I'm talking about Wild Pastures Meat Delivery. They provide the highest quality meats from small, regenerative, family-run farms here in the United States that prioritize sustainability and animal welfare. Their beef is 100% grass-fed. Their pork and poultry are pasture-raised, something you won't find anywhere in the grocery store, resulting in meats that are not only healthier for you, but also better for the environment. One of the reasons why me and my fiance Natasha loves wild pastures is that we can opt out out of supporting harmful conventional farming practices and instead support small family-run farms without spending a fortune. And the convenience doesn't stop there. They offer delivery straight to your door so you can enjoy delicious, high-quality meats without even leaving your house. No matter where you are in the lower 48 states, Wild Pastures has got you covered. Not only is this the most convenient way to get your meat products, but Wild Pasture meats are better for you nutritionally and they're higher in the total nutrients, phytonutrients, antioxidants, key fatty acids, vitamins, minerals, proteins, and amino acids. And today, for keto campers, for a limited time, you can get 20% off every box plus free shipping for life and... $15 off your first box. This is a crazy deal, and I hope you take advantage of it. So make the switch to Wild Pastures today and save nearly $1,000 on your grocery bill while feeling healthier and enjoying the best tasting meats of your life. All you need to do is go to the link in the podcast notes down below. Everything is already applied. All you got to do is click that link, customize your order, and you'll have some delicious, healthy tasting meats very soon. Head to the podcast notes down below, click the link, enjoy your wild pastures. Okay, let's get right back to this episode. The, the thing that stops people is that, yes, but buying organic, it costs more money. Staying away from these seed oils, it costs more money. And you're right, it does. And we always say, like Lesher said earlier, do the best you can with your resources. 
but you're voting with your fork. Uh, and the more we could actually put our dollars into higher quality food and production, the more that's going to be available to us at better cost. But health is not an expense. It's an investment. It's the greatest investment you can make. So speak on how you educate your clients on that. Yeah, that is so powerful because it's crazy to me that sadly, health is the last thing that a lot of us invest in. We see it as like, oh, well, I'll just figure it out or I'll just try it. Oh, it'll be okay. I don't have a problem right now. Or, you know, I don't have diabetes yet. It's not that bad. I just feel, you know, it's a little overweight and my energy, but it's not that bad. But we're putting all our money in other things, right? Things that if our health was taken away, none of it would matter. So it is literally the most precious commodity you're going to have. And again, you also have to look at it. It's like, when you get into the rhythm of eating real whole foods, you're turning off a lot of the dopamine receptors that you get from eating all that sugar and refined carbs and all the cravings that it causes. So you end up eating less, you're satisfied longer. So I would argue that like, yeah, while whole foods or organic food and grass and all that is more expensive, you'll actually save money in the long run because you're going to be eating less. Like add up all the money that, you know, you're spending on DoorDash. And that's another thing. Like I'm just on my soapbox right now. Like, you know, tell me that you can't afford to work with the coach to help you get your health in line, but you will be spending DoorDash every day, like at least $40 and then going out on weekend every day. Like how much is that costing? And is that contributing to your health? No, because most, let's face it, most food at the restaurants are going to be in those inflammatory oils. They are. And so now you're even making your health worse and spending money to do it. You're paying people like those restaurants to make you unhealthier. So you have to look at like, that's all these things that we don't think about until someone's like, someone brings up like, oh my gosh, yeah, I didn't think about it that way. And it's important to us to know that's the most valuable thing you can invest in, your health. Amen. Amen to that. And when you practice intermittent fasting, you could actually save money and apply that for you know healthier, uh, better food. How do you teach intermittent fasting to your clients, to your ladies? Yeah, so it really depends on the woman and her situation and where she's at in her hormones. If she's fully like healthy and she doesn't have any adrenal issues or cortisol issues, I always recommend uh, time-restricted eating and a three-hour before bedtime window. So no matter what, you always stop eating three hours before bed. And then I always recommend that they keep their meals between an eight to 10 hour window. So it's not so much that I'm like, oh my God, you have to fast or all that. And a lot of them find it that it happens naturally because they're not as hungry because they're being full. And, and I really harp on the protein. Like that's a big deal to me. I feel like a lot of women are under eating protein. So I feel like as soon as they get to their protein goals, they find themselves not as hungry and it's easier for them to go and not even knowing that they've been fasting. So I usually will say eight to 10 hours, keep your meals within then. But no matter what, whatever their bedtime is, so let's say it's 10 o'clock on average, I always say, okay, stop eating by like seven. And so that's kind of how I do it. And again, if it's someone with cortisol issues or adrenal issues, we have to be careful there with too much fasting. So maybe I would just say, hey, let's just do the three hour rule. And then we'll kind of, you know, revisit this once we get those hormones under control. Three hour rule is terrific. No matter what diet you do, if we just implemented that one little tip right there of not eating three at least three hours before bed, you're going to notice results almost 
immediately, almost the next day. You're going to get better sleep, more fat loss, more growth hormone. You're not digesting food or actually doing other amazing things during sleep. So I love that. And you're right. Intermittent fasting should be individualized, of course. And uh, it's more like inter- intermittent eating, what you teach. Have you know a certain window of meals. And you're, uh, so many people, I start to explain to them how intermittent fasting works or time-restricted feeding. And they're like, oh, I do that, right? Like to your point, because they're naturally doing keto and eating more protein and fats. They're naturally going to feel more satiated and full. And they're like, oh, I naturally do that. I naturally skip dinner or I naturally skip breakfast. And it's like, yeah, you're doing intermittent fasting without even knowing. It. That happens all the time. You see that too? You know what's funny to me? Like when people like talk crap about fasting and I'm like, oh, so you must wake up every two hours at night and eat then. <laughs> no. I'm like, well, you're fasting at night while you sleep. How long do you sleep? Like eight hours, seven hours? You just fasted for seven hours. So it's like the whole thing about oh, fasting, it's a new diet, it's a fat. I'm like, we all fast. We just don't do it like knowingly. So it's it's funny to me. And yeah, most of the time you just do it naturally without even knowing it. And that's a dry fast too, because we're not drinking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's even, yeah, it's even better. <laughs> you get more, even more results. Let's talk a little bit about carb cycling. Uh, I love it because, as you know, I, I teach keto flexing, very similar. Along your keto journey, how did you discover the importance of strategically throwing in carbs? And how do you, I know that it's very custom to the individual, but in general, what are some rules that you teach for your, for your clients? Yeah. So, unfortunately, I discovered it the hard way after doing, and by the way, like I got your book and I was really excited to read it because I was like, Oh, thank God. I was like a little nervous about talking about carb cycling because this was when your book came out. This was when I was practicing it on myself and kind of a small group of women, you know, in my audience. And I wasn't really ready yet to put it out in the world. And your book gave me the confidence like, okay, I can do it. I can do it. It's okay. They're not going to want to burn me at the stake because the keto girl's talking about carbs. And that's kind of, you know, there's still some confusion, but I'm like, well, it's about both. Right. So what had happened was two years ago, Um, This was like, nothing had to do with COVID. It had to do with like me, you know, getting into my business and starting programs and memberships and it being a lot more stressful than just having a food blog, which was which I originally started with and juggling that. And I have two small kids and just the stress of that creeped up and I didn't realize that it was taking a toll on my body. And so I was doing keto at this point for like four or five years straight, pretty much, you know, minus the occasional like vacation, holiday, whatever, but pretty consistently, like my body was, you know, fully fat adapted, always keto was like my home base. And I started noticing a couple of years ago now that I started getting these weird symptoms. Like I felt wired and tired. I was in, I had anxiety out of nowhere and I never had anxiety I started feeling depressed. Um, I had this time of my period, the luteal phase. I call it my B phase. (laughs) I want to swear in here, but it was like clockwork where every month during that week, I had the worst PMS, the worst depression, the worst anxiety. It was bad. And I started putting on weight. And this was while I was doing clean keto. At this point, I knew what clean keto was. I was in ketosis. I was fasting. I was working out and I started gaining weight. And it was like kind of slowly coming on. And then it just kept on coming on like like crazy weight. And then I was like, okay, something's happening here. So, you know, I would wake up in the night a lot. 
And I knew it was like a lot of the stress and the mindset, just, you know, not knowing how to manage my mind with juggling the roles and stuff. But it was more to that. So I decided to go and see, you know, a functional medicine doctor, naturopath, got all these tests done. So I got a GI map. I got a full thyroid panel. I got, you know, my adrenals checked. Everything was a mess. Everything. It was like, I didn't know if it was a chicken or the egg. Like, what was it? Because it all was a mess. My cortisol was elevated. My RT3 was super high. My gut was a mess. I had dysbiosis. I had some yeast overgrowth in there. My adrenals were shot. It was a disaster. And so I started diving into the research of like, okay, well, I know keto is a stressor. It's a good stressor. But long term, if you're already stressed, no good, no bueno. So, but I was really scared of carbs. I had like extreme carbophobia, which a lot of my clients have, which is something that like, uh, you know, it's a mental work that we have to work through. Um, I still kind of catch myself doing, I mean, after so many years of keto and it working, you just kind of start to believe that carbs are their enemy and they make you fat. But I started doing the research about cortisol and how carbs help decrease it, you know, serotonin, calm down the cortisol, especially at night before you go to bed. Because my problem was I would be so wired and tired that like I go to sleep and I'd be like, what am I doing tomorrow? What's the funnel? What's the email? Like, you know, just I could not shut off my brain. And, you know, I started getting into like Dr. Joe Dispenza's work, saved my life, you know, meditation stuff, but it still wasn't enough. So I started doing research about carb cycling. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to try slowly to bring back carbs during that time of the week where I'm a just total raging PMS. So I did. I started bringing in some healthy complex carbs, you know, sweet potatoes, lentils. I I love lentils so much, like especially dal with Indian spices. Um, You know, nothing crazy. Some green bananas, resistant starches, um, you know, some cooled white rice. I would never heat it up. I'm like, I need to eat a cold and things like that. And what I found was that my PMS and my period cravings and PMS subsided. So it wasn't like completely a, you know, 180, but it like, it got worse. There would be months that I'd be like, hmm, it's been a while since I've really hated everything and everyone, (laughs) right? And I started noticing it really improving those symptoms. So then I was like, hmm, okay, let's try to bring it back for sleep. Let's try to eat my, so I would like be low carb keto during the day. And then at night for dinner, I'd have like a sweet potato or something. Obviously, always protein first and everything, but like sweet potato or something starcher. And I found my sleep improved. I was like, hmm, okay. So then I was like, wait, well, I'm like lifting weights and working out now. And sometimes I feel like I was dragging with my energy. I just could not lift heavier. I'm like, let's start cycling around my workouts. And it helped. I was like, oh my God. So I just created all these like protocols, like different things, right? And it, it worked. And so I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And of course, when I'm talking about carb cycling, I'm not talking about, you know, pizza and donuts because here's the problem. When I was researching carb cycling, and I don't know if like you find this, Ben, but like you go to YouTube right now and you put in like literally next, after you're done watching this interview, go to YouTube and just be like carb cycling, right? And you're going to get all these videos from these bodybuilders, right? These jacked up guys that are teaching to eat 200, 300, 400 grams of carbs and oh, you know, I-I-F-Y-M, if it fits your macros, as long as it fits your macros, that doesn't matter what you eat. 
Pop-Tarts? Sure. Skittles? Sure. Spaghetti for breakfast with maple syrup and candy cane like an elf? Sure. Right? <laughs> like, uh, you see an elf? You know what I'm talking about. And and it's like, um, I could not do that. My insulin, my blood sugar would be like, what in the actual heck is happening? Right? So I was yeah, like... You're not a bodybuilder. <laughs> right? And I'm not a bodybuilder. So most of the women I work with, they are not to that extreme where they even need remotely near that many carbs, let alone the unhealthy refined processed ones. So I was like, okay, there's a way to do this in a healthy way. Complex carbs, carbs that support your body because not all carbs are bad. And I started just experimenting on myself. And then I was like, okay, if it works for me, obviously the adrenal thing is going to take a while to heal. And I understand that it was so hard on my body. I can't expect it to just turn around just because I brought back some carbs and I'm managing and I'm meditating. I know it's going to take time. But what I did was like, okay, I'm going to take a group of women and try on them and just see, okay, where are you at? What's your situation? Menopause. Okay, let's try this protocol. Fat loss. Let's try it. Period issues. Let's try this. You love to run those crazy tough. I have a client right now. She's always doing those like crazy tough mutter races and all the crazy like insane obstacle courses. Like you're crazy. But anyway, let's put you on the performance protocol. Let's do this like 30, you know, grams. Let's like maneuver when you have your carbs before you do the races and stuff. So it's like this customized, but everyone can find a protocol. People that love to travel and enjoy certain foods. You can travel and enjoy foods. It doesn't mean you have to eat all the crap all day long. Let's be strategic. Let's pick a meal. Let's start with keto low carb for breakfast. Let's do low carb for lunch. And then let's do the carbs if you want for dinner, right? So I started experimenting with these different protocols and they worked. And I was like, oh, this is, there's something here. And so that's kind of where I'm at right now and like evolving into like, sure, keto is great. Let's start with the holistic clean keto approach. Let's do, you know, a cycle, 90 days, whatever. And then let's get you back into the carbs, like introduce. Let's get metabolically flexible, right? I love it. I, I agree 100%. Because another form of metabolic inflexibility is just burning fat and staying in ketosis long term. And we love keto. Keto is a stress, like you mentioned, to the body, to the mitochondria, but it's a good stress when it's strategic and short term versus over time. Um, it's kind of signaling to your body and your mitochondria that times are tough. You know, you are going through either a period of time where there's famine or there's just not a lot of fruit and vegetables available. So we got to continue doing what we've been doing to survive. And in the beginning, it's great because you upregulate glutathione and you, you know, your mitochondria get duplicated and all these crazy, amazing things happen. But too long in that state, you keep signaling to your body that you're in a constant state of, of kind of survival and threat. So all these things go wonky, especially in women. I mean, you've seen this with your clients, especially in women, especially women who have a menstrual cycle, this 28-day pattern. So you gave a lot of great tips there, getting what I call flexing out of ketosis the week before your period, maybe having carbs at night if you feel yourself wired and tired, like you were experiencing, having some extra healthy carbs around um, workouts could be a great idea. There's so many different ways to do that. And you teach this in, on your website, which is uh, eatbefitexplore.com, where you have recipes and blog posts. You have some courses as well. If you watch any of my videos on social media, you always see me with glasses on. And I always get the question, hey, why are you wearing those glasses? These are called blue light blocking glasses. And I wear them to protect my brain and my focus. You see, we are bombarded with stimulation, especially with junk light from your computer screen, your phone, fluorescent lights, and the brain has to filter that out. 
these glasses, what they do is they filter out those lights for you so your brain does not have to do the work. I equate this to having a web browser open with 100 tabs. If you had 100 tabs open on your computer, that computer is going to run slow. But if you were able to eliminate 99 of those 100 tabs and now you just have one tab open, that computer will function better. This is the same thing with your brain. So there's different types of blue light blocking glasses. There are computer glasses that you would wear during the day when working with screens and under artificial light. There are light sensitivity glasses that you would also wear during the day with screens and artificial light. And then you have the blue light blocking glasses, which I wear at night, two to three hours before I go to bed, which promotes hormone health, helps your body produce melatonin, and aids in better sleep. My go-to is from Bon Charge. They have the science to back it up. They look super cool. The glasses come in non-prescription, prescription, and reading options. Glasses for every need. Bon Charge also has other amazing products such as low blue light bulbs, red light therapy devices, EMF slash 5G protection, and 100% blackout sleep mask that I take with me when I travel all the time. The greatest thing about them, all backed up by science. They gave... Keto Camp Podcast listeners, a 15% off coupon code. All you need to do is head over to bondcharge.com slash ketocamp and use the coupon code ketocamp at checkout, no space in between, to get 15% off your entire order. We'll drop that link down below along with the coupon code. Go check them out and let's get back to this episode. Here's the argument that you're going to get. You probably got it all the time. You probably seen it all the time. I get it all the time. But Lesha, this woman has been doing keto for five years and she looks amazing. Or this woman has been doing carnivore for 10 years and she looks amazing. How, how do you say it's important? Why do you say it's important to flex out when this person's been doing it for long term and they look totally fine? Yeah. So again, it goes back to like bio-individuality and like personalization. So that woman might not have, you know, issues with certain hormones. There's some women that have like hysterectomies and all their hormones kind of like gone or post-menopause where they don't have to worry about the fluctuations. They're not dealing with all this chronic stress that other women are. So yeah, sure. They can probably get away with long-term keto. But then I also like Here's the thing. How do you know that they're always That's doing it. carnivore 24 seven? I mean, come that, on. <laughs> and how do you know they're actually healthy just by looking yeah. at them? And so like, and how do you know that like, just cause they're keto. I mean, I was keto for five years. That doesn't ever mean I never had carbs. So one part of it's like, don't always believe what people tell you, or what you see on the internet. Come on guys. It's social media. But on the other point, I'm like, we're all different and we all, all have different phases of life. To be honest with you, if you would have told me two years ago that I would have not been keto forever and ever, amen, I would have been like, Psh, whatever, bro, you're crazy. I loved keto and I still do. I literally was like, this is my home. This is my lifestyle. This is forever how I want to eat. But then life happened. And then I started experiencing issues with my cortisol and adrenals and I had to readjust. It was really hard for me to bring back carbs. I was scared to death, but my body was telling me we need them right now. And you know what? I'm hoping one day I can go back to keto full, like, you know, almost full time and, and, and like do it. I like carb cycling, so I'll definitely do it. But I want to be keto most of the time because I love how I feel the mental clarity, the energy, the not being hungry. I mean, I literally don't think I would have like created all my programs 
built all those funnels, you know what it's like without ketones in my brain, like two years. I was like, I look back, I'm like, why do I underestimate everything I did? I was like, there's no way I could have done it without ketones for fuel, to be honest. So it's like, sure, that works for them. But what is your body telling you that it needs right now? What season are you in? What are your hormones telling you? Doesn't mean you can't go back. And the fact that we're comparing our bodies to her bodies, to his bodies, it's like our bodies are different. Yeah, sure. The, you know, we all function in sort of the same way and our brains are created, but we change based on our lifestyle, right? Genes, we can turn them off or on based on our lifestyle. You're not predisposed to your genetic destiny just because your mom had this cancer doesn't mean you're going to have it. Lifestyle matters. So you have to take all those things into consideration and don't believe everything you see on social media. I just have to repeat that. <laughs> yeah. Rule number one, we just saw that with, with Liver King. Did you, oh did my you... gosh. I was so thinking that like <laughs> I, now, yeah, I go on my TikTok and that's like all I see. I'm like, seriously, like literally exhibit A, do not believe what some people do and lie to market and sell. Unfortunately, it's sad. There's, there's some bad ones out there. It is what it is, but just don't believe it. What do you do with um, your, your ladies who experience uh, a stall with their results? And I know a lot of people are fixated on the scale. So we'll call it a weight loss stall, but please, there's so many more important factors than the weight. But what do you do with a, a client who's frustrated? And maybe it's not just weight loss, it's just the results have kind of come to a stall. What are some ways to break that? Yeah. So the first, very first thing that I do is I do not let my clients tell me they've hit a stall unless for at least three weeks in a row, their weight hasn't changed, their body fat hasn't changed, their inches haven't changed, they haven't filled a reduction in inflammation, bloating, they don't like feel better. If all of those five things are not like, they can say no to all of them, then they've hit a stall. So then we proceed. So I have this like step-by-step formula that I teach in my program, but it's pretty much every week we kind of take a step and we do something different. So we always go for the lowest hanging fruit. Let's take a look. Are you like sneaking in the keto junk foods, the inflammatory oils? You know, are you, those are easy things to kind of, oh yeah, I guess I was like probably eating three Quest bars a day instead of my one a week and things like that, like the lowest hanging fruit. And then we kind of, so I don't remember exactly all the things I do, but it's like the step-by-step process. We look at the food. I also look at like, okay, how's your stress been? Has there been any stressful situations lately in your life? that have happened. Let's take a look at your sleep. Sleep is like one of the most, I know you wrote a book about sleep, right? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. That is literally one of the most missed things when it comes to weight loss dolls. Sleep right there. Like that's such an easy fix. You know, if you're not getting to bed by 10 and like that 10 to 2, I feel like is that, you know, growth hormone spurt, the the fat burning window, rejuvenation, all that. First of all, you're going to get that, those benefits. On top of that, if you're not fully rested, your body's going to want to crave glucose because it needs energy. And it goes, what gives me energy? Oh, glucose. Oh, that chocolate. Go get it, girl. Right. And so there's like a low hanging fruit you can take a look at. Also, water making sure you're drinking enough water, getting enough protein in. After that, I I try strategies. So it kind of depends again on the woman. If she doesn't have certain hormonal issues, I will try strategies um, with fasting bursts. So I think uh, like kind of like what Dr. Pampa teaches in his book, Beyond Fasting. So he has some protocols there that I find work really well, where you kind of, um, you know, like a four or five or 
whatever it is where you take like, and then you have like an upburst of carbs. I've tried that on some of my clients. They work. So, you know, you have like a day where you, you eat normal, your normal macros, and then you do a 24 hour fast. And then the next day you like ramp up carbs. Those seem to work. And then after that, we just kind of like have a checklist, right? Of trying different things because eventually what you'll find, you'll find what it was right? You'll find, oh, it was that thing. And then once you fix that, the weight will come off. But stalls are normal. Here's the thing. Our bodies wasn't created to lose weight consistently, linearly, week after week after week. So you have to be patient and know that it's not just about the number on the scale. Again, we look at all the data points. Body fat's a big one. Inches, how you feel, like inflammation, all those things matter. That means you're progressing. Sometimes it takes a while for the scale to catch up, especially as women menstruating. Certain times in the month, you hold on to more water, right? Than other times, you're more puffier. If you had a workout the next day, you know, your muscles will want to repair. There will be more water. Just so many changes. And you just have to be patient and track the overall, like, 3000 foot view. Are you progressing? Great. Don't worry so much and obsess about the number on the scale. I always say the scale is a lying bee that lies. We don't believe her. We don't trust her. She's a mean girl. <laughs> I agree. I agree. The scale is a damn liar. hundred percent. There's so many other variables, so many more other important metrics to track, right? These non-scale victories. I always teach my students what are your NSVs? What are your non-scale victories? Mm-hmm, I don't yeah. care about the weight. The weight, great. You lost 50 pounds, amazing. But what are the other incredible benefits that came along mm-hmm. with it? Because you're not going to lose weight in order to get healthy. You're going to get healthy in order to release that weight. It, that's the way the body works. So I love that you're looking at all these different metrics. Such a, a wealth of knowledge. My final question for you, Lesha, is around my favorite supplement, um, vitamin G, which is gratitude. Uh, anti-inflammatory. Mm-hmm. You know, speaking of Dr. Joe Dispenza, he's seen uh, 1,200 chemical reactions take place to put the body in this anti-inflammatory state. When people practice gratitude, he saw dopamine, serotonin, GABA, oxytocin. So what are you grateful for today? What is your dose of vitamin G you want to give? Yeah. So obviously I can go and say all the cliche things like my kids, my health, my this house, I like shelter food and all of that, of course, I'm grateful for. But what I'm really grateful for that I think really changed my life is books. I've always been a reader, but up until like a couple of years ago, I really dove into personal development, mindset, neuroplasticity, um, you know, all of the kind of a little bit woo-woo, but not too crazy woo-woo because like I believe in God. So there's like a line there. I'm like, you know what I mean? That woo-woo line that you don't cross. And it's changed my life. And now that I have two girls, I'm going to make it a priority to get them to love reading. And they're going to be reading like Wayne Dyer and Napoleon Hill by the time they're 12. But truly reading the amount that I learned and changed my life. It's like, here's the thing people don't realize. It's like for less than 20 bucks, you can read a book and it can completely change your life. Most people that buy books never get past the first chapter. And the fact that you can get that and even in the library now, you can get it for free and transform your life. I am very grateful for. So go read books. <laughs> go read or go listen to them. Either way it works. I love that. I am also grateful for books. They change my life. I'm also a reader like you. I do both. I read and I listen. And I've been doing that since 2008. Um, probably three hours a day on average for the last 14 years, either listening to a book or reading a book. And it's changed my life. And I actually look, my schedule is like 
during the weekdays filled with interviews and all this amazing stuff. But on Sunday, is Sunday is the only day I have nothing on my calendar. All, like Monday through Saturday, I always have something. So on Sunday, I play basketball and then I have the entire afternoon to just sit on the couch and read. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah, Sunday that. is also my reading day. Like when I'm not like dealing with the kids and meal prepping, like after church, we'll do the things and I'm like, okay, I'm taking like three hours and I go upstairs. And I love it. I just, I read, like I take turns, like, okay, a business book and then a health book. So I'm not like, you know, sometimes you just kind of get distracted and like, okay, I'm bored with this. And it's also my reading day and it's amazing. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I look forward to it. When I'm on airplanes, it's like five hour airplane ride means five hour audiobook. Let's do it. Yeah, <laughs> or a long exactly. Car ride, like a time for education. I love that. Where is the best place? Mention your website again, but then mention other resources and uh, where they, my audience could find you, Lesha. Yeah. So if you're looking for clean keto recipes, because you're like, okay, I want to try this clean keto thing. I don't know what the heck to eat. That's not going to be yucky. Go to eatbefitexplore.com. I have amazing clean keto recipes on there. However, if you want help with either, you know, doing a, I have a five-day clean keto reset and a carb cycling keto quick start guide, you can go to www.bsbtribe.com forward slash podcast and those resources are there. So whether you want to start with the holistic clean keto and you don't know where to start, or you're like, I want to know more about this carb cycling thing, you can get the free resources there. Awesome. We'll put that down below. You also have your Fit Moms Squad podcast. So moms... Yes, my uh, podcast. (laughs) The thing I've been neglecting. (laughs) No, I've kind of... See, I don't even remember about it. Yes. If you like podcasts, obviously, go check out mine. It's called the Fit Mom Squad Podcast. We'll put all that down below. So if you're watching on YouTube, check it down below. If you're listening on the podcast, just open up the podcast notes. Thank you, Lesha. I'm grateful for your work. And uh, you've been a great friend and supporter. And I love what you're doing. Uh, I love seeing your TikToks and your uh, Instagrams and just all the things that you're up to is Awesome. So glad to get this episode out during the new year. If you're listening to this or watching this, it's the new year. Happy new year. And this is a perfect episode for you to listen to, share it with a friend. And again, Lesha, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks, Ben. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Lesha. Share this with a friend. Copy and paste the link on social media. Put it in a text message. If you want to watch the video interview of me and Lesha and all of my interviews, that's on our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash ketocamp. Lesha's website is bsbtribe.com. I'll put the resources we mentioned uh, on the episode down below, including her social media and some of the guides. So check that out down below. Go follow her on social media. She's doing some great work. If you haven't left the Keto Camp Podcast a rating or a review yet, please do so on whatever platform you're listening from and go get registered for my Toxicity Detox Masterclass. It's free and it's today. Toxinsmasterclass.com. Hope to see you on there. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much for spending part of your day with me. I've got a lot of vitamin G for you. I'll see you on the next episode. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Benazadi, disclaim responsibility from any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. 
Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not accept responsibility of statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or non-direct interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.